If you have your Bibles, and they'll be up on the screen, you can open to Ephesians chapter uh, 6. And we've been reading this passage uh, in line with our series. And actually, the word for the year is fortify. Uh, fortify that which is in your hand. And um, it's taken actually from Ephesians um, 6.13 which basically says, uh, I don't know if we'll have it up on the screen, but I'm going to read in the Amplified Version. It says, therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the, day of, in the evil day of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, in, immovable, and victorious. And so fortifying is really the, the posture of positioning ourselves, of standing and strengthening that which God has already given us. And so over for, throughout the year, we're going to be highlighting different things in our life that we need to fortify, that we need to strengthen. And um, what I said a few weeks ago, part of this is identifying the things that you're carrying that you're not designed to carry. And so we don't want to fortify those things that are burdens for you. We want to eliminate the burdens. Why are you carrying a burden if Jesus already paid for that? And you can offload that on him. So the things that we need to offload, God will show you the things that you're carrying. But then the things that you need to fortify, God's not going to do it for you. That's for you and for me to do. We're called, we're invited to fortify and strengthening those things. We must identify the weak aspects, the weak links in our, in our life and strengthen those and fortify those. And so that's kind of the gist for the whole year and is fortifying that which is in your hand. What that also means is that we are not focused on other people and what they have in their hand. We're so good at identifying flaws in other people and how they should do what's in their hand. And at the same time, we dismiss and are passive that which is in our hand. So God is calling us to look in the mirror and say, God, what have you given me? What have you given me? And begin to strengthen that, begin to fortify that. So Ephesians 6, 13, and I'm not going to read the whole, the whole um, verse, but I would encourage each person to read all of the letter to, to Ephesus, Ephesians 1 through 6, because it gives a way of how you and I are supposed to live this life that we are called into. And then after he says all these things in these chapters leading up to it, um, we, we come across verse 10 specifically. And this is what he says. After he said everything, he says, finally. So you know that whenever there's a finally, that means there's a bunch of things before finally, right? Even I know that, and I'm not from here. So finally, be strengthened by, and in some versions it says, in the Lord, meaning that you take on his strength, make his strength your strength, because he, his strength is available to you. You've relied on your strength, and it has failed you. And if you haven't, try it. You will fail miserably. You don't have enough strength. You don't. And you can believe, or you can experience it. Who's experienced it? Way too many people have experienced relying on their own capacities, on their own strength. And so this is Paul's writing and reminding us, finally, brothers, rely on God's strength, on his strength, by, his, um, by the Lord, by his vast strength. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand against 
the schemes of the devil. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. Verse 13, for this reason, for this reason, because there is a war, and it's happening in a place that we don't see with our eyes. But do not be fooled. Just because you can't see it, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Invisible does not mean it doesn't exist. Invisible means it's hidden. For this reason, take up the full armor of God so that you, say this with me, so that I may be able to resist in the evil day. And having prepared everything to take your stand. And we'll read one more verse. And this is where I want to, what I want to talk about this morning. Stand therefore with the truth like a belt around your waist. Stand therefore with the truth like the belt around your waist. This armor is divided into three parts that we're going to be exploring in the weeks to come. The first three pieces, we're asked to put them on. God is saying they are available, but you are responsible in putting them on. The second part, the, the, the next three pieces, it says... Take them up. So there's something that you put on, and then there's something that you take up. And then the last thing, or the seventh piece, is prayer. So that's kind of like the, the, the bridge. You, it's like clothes, you put something on, and then you take something up like a weapon. And then through all of this, there's this element, which is a huge part, and that is prayer. And what this is, is that the life that you and I are living... The life that people are seeing is the final cut of the movie. And I don't know about you guys, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of movies. And there was a season where um, before I had a bunch of kids that um, I love to watch behind the scenes of my favorite movies. I love to watch all that needed to take place in order for the final product to actually be shown. And so, and behind the scenes, they have, um, they give you a little insight into what it takes. And so, majority of the work, actually most of the work, takes place behind the scenes. When you and I watch the movie, we see the, the final product. But behind the scenes, there's a lot of decisions that are being made. There's a lot of extras and characters that are invited into this film or rejected. There's scripts that are altered. There are stunts that are performed. There are bloopers. There are even different direction, possible direction with the movie on how it ends or what the main theme or topic or fight is about or even the ending. Sometimes they'll have multiple endings, depends on where they release the movie, right? 
And I used to love watching because behind the scenes are all the work and all the things that did not make the cut. And if it did make the cut, what was behind was completely different, especially with the CGI and all that takes from the final product. To me, it's a good analogy of the spiritual war that we're fighting. If Satan can convince us that there is no behind the scenes, then he will have a field day with you. The final cut of our life is based on our convictions and the decisions that we have made before anyone ever sees the result of those decisions. It is the mindset that leads us to what are our convictions. With each movie, no matter how much it's dressed, behind the movies are writers. These writers are human beings. These human beings want to make money, but they also have convictions. They will put into the film those things that they actually believe. But it ends up making it on the final product and we then are the recipients of all that hard work. You guys know as well as I do the hard work that happens in our minds. You have no clue what I wanted to say. You're right, we don't. Thank the Lord that we don't know what you wanted to do and all we get is what you've actually done. But Satan wants to convince us that this is all there is and, and bypass the decisions and the convictions. But these decisions, these convictions, they come from what we allow inside our head. This allows us, and it actually shapes and forms our convictions. And sometimes we don't even realize how and what is influencing our decision making. So the fact that you want revenge is based on what? The fact that you don't forgive is based on what? The fact that you pray before you do anything else is based on what? The fact that you look in your tools to see how you can fix or help is based on what? The fact that you cry out to God is based on what? It's based on what we have perceived, what we receive, and it shapes our conviction, and it comes from within. It comes from the battles that are happening on the inside where people do not see. And we all know this, but yet when it comes to spiritual warfare, we we are convinced too many times that it's just on the surface. And like I said before, if Satan can convince us that the battle is, not, is, is against flesh and blood, then we will pick up physical weapons to fight against flesh and blood. And he's not the merrier because he's convinced us. And like I said a couple weeks back is that it is a thing that's happening. It is invisible because it is at the root and so Jesus doesn't want to just fix the surface. He wants to dig up the root. And if for us to dig up the root, we cannot be passive with it. 
it involves our participation. We cannot just sit and listen to messages on Sunday and then go and listen to news on Monday, listen to our toxic friends on Tuesday, listen to those who are playing games with us on Wednesday, listen to our kids and, and nagging of people around us, and then just passively do life. We have to begin to take control of the things that come into our lives. For some of you, it is to stop watching movies altogether. For others, it could be to stop shopping altogether. For others, it's a whole other thing of the things that we need to begin to actively do that's influencing us far more than we would even admit. It could be your past. And for a lot of us, it is our past because we have a lot of pain in our past. And a lot of times we let pain define who we are. And if we get arrested and detained and in our past, then we live in our past. And so then the future that God has for us gets stolen. And like I said before, we fight from a place of victory not to win. We're already fighting from the place of victory. Because sin has been broken. The power of sin has been dealt with. But it takes us to receive that, to take these things on. And so we are commanded to equip and to prepare ourselves to strength, to be strengthened of the Lord. And, and some versions say of his mighty power to stand against these things. So our commander Jesus urgently commands us, not suggests to us, but he commands us through this writing to pick up our spiritual armor and to put it on. To pick up the spiritual armor to put it on. Why? So that we can be fully prepared and enabled to withstand whenever dark times hit our lives or when the enemy attacks us. In verse 14, after picking up our armor in preparation for the battle, we are then to command it to consciously and vigorously make a decisive act to stand our ground firmly and fearlessly against any and all assaults of the evil one. Because he will deceive, he will accuse us, he will discourage us, he will feed us lies. And a couple weeks ago we talked about what that may look like. But this thing is pretty interesting because it's talking about the belt of truth. And so Paul is, is taking something that everyone in his time knew what it was and, is and, and, and giving this analogy of what this would look like. So he's talking about the armor. And so the first thing that, the ar that he talks about in this armor is this belt of truth. And I don't want to get into too much details of what that is because I think even though we don't have swords on our belts, we do know the purpose of the belt, right? We do know the purpose of the belt, and that is to hold things in. It's to fasten. And if you have baggy jeans um, or if you have loose pants, or if you're trying to put something on and you don't have your belt secured, it will make it very difficult for you to move forward. Um, I know in styles, we've had all sorts of dress codes and, you know, tight jeans, you know, well, these are not jeans, but, but nice tight things and then baggy things. And um, 
and sagging, I know, is, 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 is also a thing. I actually used to sag. Um, <laughs> uh, ripped jeans. <laughs> my, my dad is always like, hey, to, to my wife. He's like, Masha, you don't have the tools to sew up his ripped jeans? That's my dad's humor. Um, <laughs> the, the point with this armor is this, this belt is the thing that holds everything together. That's the idea. If you don't have a belt and it's not properly secured, you will not make it in battle. Because remember, later on, the thing that hangs on your belt is the sword. We know the sword is the word of God. And so even though we know the truth is God's word, there's more here than just God's word because there is a focus on the word of God that we all believe in. I believe in. I think it's a big thing. But, but, but maybe, and I want to talk about this for a second because truth is one of those things where, where, where it could confuse us, what it means, what it doesn't mean. Um, and I know we've talked about this throughout, but I just want to, know, to let you know that, that if we don't know what truth is, and if truth is not guiding our life, then it's like, it's like a loose belt that's going to keep us stuck and keep us from moving forward. And maybe you're stuck, and maybe the reason that you're stuck is that you don't have the belt of truth holding everything together in your life. Truth reminds me of this passage in John chapter 18. I'm going to pull, pull it up and we'll, we'll read this together because it, it gave me a, just a bit of an insight of what truth is. Um, then Pilate went back into the headquarters, summoned Jesus, and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? 34. And Jesus answered, Are you asking this on your own? Or have others told you about me? <laughs> that's, that's, that, the whole thing is a powerful. Po Let me park there for a second. Jesus, if this was posed to you, do you know Jesus based on what someone else is telling you? Or do you know Jesus based on your own? Ooh. Oh, that's, that's good. Even for me, that's good. All right. Uh, Jesus said, I am not a Jew, am I, Pilate asked. Well, 35, okay. Yeah, so Pilate's responding. He says, no, I'm not a Jew, am I? Meaning, if I was a Jew, then maybe. But I'm not a Jew, so of course, it's not me. It's people telling me. Pilate replied, your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? My kingdom is not of this world, Jesus said. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. You see how he's top, he, he's, he is presently here dealing with Pilate, talking about something to, about, about, about this, this, this kingdom that Pilate does not see. So Jesus right now is engaging in spiritual, if you can say, warfare, trying to expose this for us and also letting Pilate know that, look, Pilate, there's not all what you see is not all that's going on. So, a couple more. Okay. My kingdom is not. And then verse 37. You are a king then? Pilate didn't really a kingdom. All right. So, now Pilate takes this verbiage and he makes it about flesh and blood. Pilate, wait a minute. You're a king? Uh, you, and then Jesus said, you say that I am a king. 
Jesus replied, I was born for this and I've come into the world for this, to testify to the truth. And this is the phrase that, that, that directs me. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice and then Pilate asks, what is truth? What is truth? And what is insane is that after he asks this, there is not an additional conversation where Jesus is saying, okay, Pilate, let me tell you facts. Because truth and facts are not always the same. There are facts and there are truths. The therapist or a counselor or a psychologist would say the truth is what you feel it to be. And I know when I, talk about, when I talk with people, I know that they've been in counseling because they will just make sure that they say, I feel, I feel, I feel, as many times as possible. So we have to set them free from the word I feel because it's not the point of what it is. And I know some of you are like, oh, it's me. There's a few of you. There's a few of you. Um, because, because that's what we're praying. You, know, like you feel. So if you feel it, it is true. Right? And how many times that's how we battle and that's how we come up with the truth. 